Professor Horror. Scary Stories. The trouble with Christina is she's such a tomboy, her mother used to say regularly. Christina Abbey was my next door neighbor and when we were little girls, I thought she was just about the prettiest thing I'd ever seen. I look back sometimes at old photographs of us playing and she's like a human china doll. Her mother used to make her clothes. They were ridiculously old fashioned. She had a million frilly dresses and her blonde curly hair always shone and would invariably have a ribbon tied somewhere in it. The trouble with Christina is that she just doesn't fit in with other children. I once heard one teacher say to another when they were, thought they were out of earshot. We were sitting outside the classroom and must have been about six or seven. One of the other children had been mercilessly bullying her because of her odd clothes and it had ended up in a playground scuffle. Christina's mother never seemed to realize, while it was fine to dress a toddler like that, by the time they were in school, it was just fodder for other children. The trouble with Chris is her mother, my mom would inform me. She thinks that child is a doll and won't just let her be a little girl. Even at such a young age, I knew exactly what my mother meant. My parents were so laid back, they were practically horizontal when it came to child rearing. I was the youngest of five. My clothes were mostly hand-me-downs, and my parents, whilst loving me deeply, had no qualms about letting me run about and getting dirty. A hole in my trousers was nothing to kick up a fuss about, and so long as I didn't do anything really stupid, the odd scrape and bruise was pretty much expected. Chris, on the other hand, was not really allowed to play. She wasn't allowed to get dirty. She wasn't allowed to get messy. I remembered her watching sorrowfully from her window while a bunch of us kids jumped about in an inflatable pool in my yard. As we got older, it became even more obvious. Frilly dresses are pretty unusual for a 7-year-old to wear at school, but for a 10-year-old, it's just ridiculous. Christina's mother had gotten religion around the time Chris was born. I have no idea what kind of religion, but it meant a lot of rules for Chris. She wasn't allowed to do several of the lessons we had at school because of her mother's religious beliefs. I always loved her though. We were best friends and as we got older we would sneak off and go play in the woods. I gave her an old pair of my sneakers to wear so her patent t-bar shoes didn't give our game away and we would roam the woods for ages, skimming stones in the small stream and running up and down, playing sword fights with sticks. Considering her mother was so controlling, Chris was actually really normal and good fun. Her mother didn't allow her in my house or any other child's home because apparently she was afraid of our influence. I was allowed to go into her home though. It was always spotless and pristine. I didn't go there much because even as we got older, all her mother seemed to think we should do was play with Chris's dolls or have tea parties. With Chris in her Philly dress and the child-sized tea set, sometimes I felt like an extra in an Alice in Wonderland cartoon. Chris didn't like staying in either, and fortunately because her mother was a single parent and a nurse, we got plenty of time on our own to roam and do what kids do. The summer I turned 11, Chris and her mother went away for a few weeks. For once, I couldn't wait for school to start. I'd missed my friend. However, there was no sign of her. When I asked my teacher about it, I was told she was going to be homeschooled from now on. I went straight to her house on my way home. 
Her mother answered the door and told me Chris was no longer allowed to play with me. I went home and cried to my mom. I didn't care that the other people thought Chris was weird. She was my best friend and I was devastated. That weekend, I waited until I saw her mother leave and went and knocked again. Chris yelled through the door that she was locked in and told me to go around the side of the house. She opened the kitchen window and I climbed in. I had barely opened my mouth to ask her the million questions I had buzzing around my head when she burst into tears. In my 11 years, I'd never seen anyone cry like that. In between the bouts of crying and me trying to ineffectually calm her, this is what I managed to piece together. Apparently, her father, who she had no knowledge of, had been released from prison. He had been in there for raping her mother. This news seemed to have driven her mother over the edge. Her initial reaction to this had been to run off with Chris to some motel in the middle of nowhere. While they were there, Chris had been taken ill and had to have her appendix out. After a few weeks, her mother had calmed down enough to return home, but had told Chris for her own safety she was to be homeschooled and wasn't allowed out unless she was with her mother. I hugged my friend tight and told her I would always be there for her. Just then, we heard her mother's car coming up the driveway. Crap, I said. If she goes out again, call me on this and I'll come straight round. I thrust my new smartphone into her hand. It had been my birthday present, replacing the third hand old Nokia my mom had always made me carry for emergencies, and I was still very much in love with it. Look after it though, because my mom will kill me if it gets broken. And with that, I scrambled back out the window, dropping lightly outside where I waited until I heard her mother go in the front door and slam it shut. I spent that evening lying on my bed, flicking through my comic books and vaguely regretting my decision to leave my new toy with my friend. I was already in bed, fast asleep, when Christina rang our house phone. My mom answered it, and I think if it had been any other friend, she would have told them non too politely to ring at a more decent hour, but she had her own concerns about Chris, so gently shook me awake. Hey, Tribble, my mom's nickname for me. Chris is on the phone and she's crying. You want to see if she's okay? Because she won't talk to me. I dragged myself from bed. I muttered into the phone, blinking and bleary-eyed. Tina, I need you. I've done something really bad and I need you. What? What have you done? My brain was still barely functioning. I think I've killed my mother. And she started to wail again. Okay, I'll be there in two minutes. I was suddenly wide awake. I hung up the phone. So, my mother asked? Chris says, and my chin started to wobble, she says she killed her mother, and with that, the grown-ups took over. That night is a patchwork of images in my mind. I watched from my bedroom window as the police came and an ambulance. The thing I remember most is them bringing her out of the house, her long nightdress covered in blood, and I swear she looked up at me before they put her in the car and smiled. To this day, I hope she forgives me, but I couldn't help her in any other way than involving my parents. At the time, all my parents would tell me was that Chris's mother had hurt her and Chris had an argument with her and accidentally killed her. It was years later, and my mom finally told me what happened that night. Chris and her mother had a huge row, during which her mother had attacked her and Chris had grabbed for something to defend herself and struck her mother on the head, mortally wounding her. 
The truth is, when I gave Chris my phone that day, she had not only the ability to get in touch with me, but access to the internet. She had access to information her mother kept from her her entire life. Chris had discovered it wasn't her appendix her mother had removed in that motel room. The real trouble with Chris was the name on his birth certificate was Christopher, and his crazy man-hating mother had wanted a girl. 